You're listening to the AntsMarching.org podcast, the new brand of AM radio. All right, we got the whole crew in the house tonight. We got Jake down in Florida. We got Joe M, wherever Joe M finds all his ladies. And I am Matt. How's everybody doing tonight? Jake, Joe, how you doing, guys? Very cold, actually. Thank you. I'm doing pretty good. That's good with your background noise and your furnace and your computer fan, Joe M. <laughs> <laughs> um, we've got a lot to talk about. A lot to talk about tonight. Uh, we've been wanting to do a podcast for a couple weeks now. Finally, got us all together to do it. Um, yeah, you'd be surprised how difficult it is to get three guys' schedules to line up. It really is. Three guys with full-time jobs and all that kind of stuff. And Joe's got numerous women that, that take in for all the time. So it's, it's just tough. It's just hard tough. work being Joe M. <laughs> well, Ants Ants is my favorite woman after my girlfriend. Oh, that's sweet. That's such a week. Well, um, right off the bat, the thing that I want to talk about, and I think you guys are really excited about too, is Ants version 3, which we talked about on the last podcast. That was before it came out. Now it's out. This is the first time we've talked about it since it's been out. Um, we've got a lot of new stuff. Jake, you want to you wanna go up a little bit about what you're most proud of and, and what you really think people should check out? Well, thank you, Matthew. Yes. The floor is yours. Okay. As I, just as I start, my wife's phone starts ringing <laughs> it makes it real. It's like entrance music. Like everyone's really excited. Entrance music. It's like what? In the... Somebody has a phone just like my wife. That's weird. Anyway, um, the the thing I think that people are going to enjoy the most about um, the new V3 is a lot of the notes that we added in. Try to get some more specific things on specific shows, especially some of the old shows. Try to give you like that feel of what it was like to be there at the show, um, including. Um, some costs of the show, whether it had a cover charge or a ticket charge, which we have a lot in from 92 and 93 and even into, into 1994. And we're going to add in more later also once we get into the, you know, in the late 90s, just to see like back in 96, it was 35 bucks to show versus now, which is 75 bucks, just to give people an idea of how the prices have changed. But to give you an idea of how like hot it was there at the venue or some things that, that Dave has, uh, you know, simply mentioned during a show, like there's some shows in, um, in portland back in 98 and if you listen to the recordings of the show dave will say like what happened to the bubble man well there was a guy there used to go to portland shows and just blow bubbles blow pot bubbles the whole time and and basically he just passed out one show after blowing bubbles for like four songs so just try to give people a you know a real feel of what it was like to actually be at that show in case you weren't there which actually some of the earlier ones obviously you weren't there yeah well um I just, and it's funny when you say we put all this stuff in because, I mean, let's face it, Jake, it's all you. If, uh, who was I, who was I talking to about this? Oh, okay. Last, uh, earlier this, what was it, Friday, yeah. I did a, a little mini quiz show with, um, some people from the Ants Plus forum. I did dream that, so I, I sat in front of the webcam like an idiot for like an hour and took questions from people Ants Plus, which is our, you know, our support. Oh, don't forum. pretend that's anything new. Like, you, you sitting in, a, in front of a video camera is anything new. Exactly. Come on. That, Come on. That, is, that is your Friday night, every Friday. There are children <laughs> listening to the show, Joe. I, I beg you, please. <laughs> but um, And I was talking about um, Ants V3 and the Tour Central and stuff. And I, Jake, I, I got to say I gave it up to you pretty good there. Uh, I said if there was an encyclopedia for Dave Matthews Band, it would have to be you personified. I mean, uh, it's been all Jake. Jake has put in the work. And I even said that, you know, Jake, take time to listen every single show as it comes out. And for me personally, that's a hard thing to do because people ask me, you know, how many shows do you have? To be honest, not many. When there are so many shows that 
you know, within reach online. You can get it in two hours. Any pretty much any show you want, just download it over BitTorrent. It's so easy to get those shows that nothing really drives me to get them, you know, on a regular basis. Jake takes time to listen to every single show that comes out, so he's heard pretty much almost. You probably heard most of the recordings out there in the community, correct? Uh, well, I, you know, in, in all honesty, I think there's people that have heard more shows than I have, but from, just to put it in perspective, like from 2000 to now, every live show that they've played, except for, I think there's a couple in, was it 2007 from Europe that never made it out, but other than that, everything that's made it out to fans that's been recorded, I've heard. So. And that helped, I mean, that you're just completely aware of everything that's happened, and, and that really helps us flesh the notes on social, and, and that's something that... I, you know, it's unmatched. I'm really glad we ran into each other because you're just a, a complete bottomless pit of knowledge, at least. Oh, you ran into him on the webcam. He was on it too, wasn't he? <laughs> this, whole, this is a little weird now, Jake, this whole Jake, webcam thing. Jake, I was hoping that wasn't going to come out. But anyway, yes. Whose idea was to bring Joe Emmett on this podcast? Exactly. What's going on with that? Aren't anyway. you busy? Yeah. Don't you have women to please or men Who? or whatever you do? Whose idea was whose? <laughs> well, anyway, back to the Tour Central, though. Another thing also that we tried very hard to do is to make everything uniform also so this way if you see a specific note from a show you can actually search through the notes section for that and see how many times it came up like truncated versions of recently or, or any truncated songs at all and try to really separate them out and the big thing the number one complaint i get from everybody emailing me constantly is well how come this number 40 is a tease and this number 40 wasn't a tease because this one was a minute two and this one was a minute five and one's a tease and one's a forget it so every number 40 that's ever been played now will have a little indication next to it that'll say exactly how long it was give or take you know 10 seconds basically i just rounded them up to you know a minute minute and a half or so or whatever it was this way everyone can know exactly how long number 40 was we don't have to worry about what's a tease and what's not a tease well, and we will be adding in some times coming down the line that's our next um as far as data going we're going to be able to you know put see how long certain songs we're going to see what's the longest performance of 41 from this tour or tour or all time things like that are going in the show search will also be fleshed out. that's something that joe don't touch it i'm going to take care of that for v3 and then you know as you can see what happened a whole lot of nothing <laughs> Oh, thanks for selling me out on that one. What can I say? <laughs> Under the bus you go. But, but I will say, from what Joe told me, that the ideas he does have for the search is going to be um, rather obese. Yes. Once it's come in, and it will come in eventually, I think people will be really happy with it. Well, a couple other cool things about um, Tour Central specifically are, uh, one, we just, now that we've got the base for V3 down, now we can start to add in some of the cooler stuff that, you know, comes to mind because the platform is a lot more flexible for us to work with. Um, one of the things we just did is we um, put an option in where when you add your seat location, when you say, you know, I'm going to the show, this is where I'm sitting, you can say it's a warehouse ticket or a Ticketmaster ticket. So when you look at the map, um, when you look at the seat chart and see where the, the red dots are, if you see yellow dots, and that color may change down the road. We're just you know, using it right now for reference. Yellow dots right now are warehouse seats, and red dots are, are Ticketmaster or people who haven't specified otherwise. They default to Ticketmaster. Um, so if you've been to shows in the past and you've shown your seat location, go on back there and just change the ticket type to warehouse by editing your review information, your seat location information. But this way it gives you an idea. Joe actually came up with the idea. 
um, you know, you get to see the breakdown of you know what kind of tickets was Warehouse giving out versus you know what kind of tickets did Ticketmaster um, give out. So it's it'll be a good indication. It'll probably be more accurate from here going forward than actually going backwards. But you know, people have been pretty good about putting their stuff up to date, so we're excited about that. Yeah, I think it'll be interesting to see this tour. Uh, you know, where did Warehouse members get tickets? Did that vary on night twos? Did night two did Warehouse get you know kind of garbage tickets or or where do we go from there? So I think I think it'll be interesting to see, uh, see some of these charts and get some idea what what allocations the Warehouse is getting. And on this, and this go ahead, Jacob. Oh, I'm sorry. I, I was just going to mention in addition to that, also with the four ticket requests now, it's going to be a little bit different to see how the tickets are spread out, Warehouse versus Ticketmaster. So I think after this initial tour, you'll have pretty good idea well hopefully you have a pretty good idea exactly how this four tick thing is going to work as far as where the tickets are front back and such right is it going to stay that way is they going to go back to two maximum or what i'm guessing it'll stay that way i mean you haven't heard too much of the contrary uh no not really i i think it's going to kind of depend on this tour really to be honest with you. i i think that if this works out okay i think they can stay with it for the summer and i, I think it's worth it for them to at least try it for a summer because that's been something that's been brought up in the past to the warehouse people have asked for just more tickets for specific shows so i, I don't think it's a bad idea actually well i mean in in the same vein as the tickets we also have another feature where um in addition to being able to upload pictures from the show or you know more specifically from like tailgates and things like that from the day of the show we'd love to see those kind of community pictures added to each show you can upload, um, if you have a set list that you got from a crew member or a stage member, um, you can upload the set list from that show, and you can also uplo- upload your uh, your ticket stub from that show. Now, Joe and I were just talking about this. We prefer to be um, Warehouse, of course, because the Warehouse tickets are some of the nicest industry. But, um, Joe, you know, why don't you go into a little bit more about that? Um, yeah, the Warehouse tickets, they're the nice in the industry because of their color. <laughs> you probably didn't want me to go into the, how the warehouse tickets are the nicest in the industry, right? That that was so money. You should be an analyst someplace. That was just... <laughs> who gave this guy his own comedy show. No, like I a I, stand-up comic, unbelievable. <laughs> no, I think uh, I think that will it would be nice. We're going to keep getting more stuff in there. We the community pictures took off with people putting in their their pictures from the show. And I think we're going to add in these uh, tickets and some other stuff that I think we'll have a, a nice little nice little composite of the show. And I think uh, live kind of tops it all off with the, the live content from the show while you're there. And, and tying in with that is we're really, um, as a site, we really embrace Twitter and, and social networking as a whole. You've noticed stories. You can now share them on certain social networking sites. Pretty much anything out there, Facebook, MySpace, Twitter, uh, Dig, all kinds of sites like that. And what we really plan on uh, doing is being real visible over Twitter during the tour season. So every night you're probably going to see a tweet by our Ants Marching account that um, says, you know, check out the show page for this. And you're going to be able to go there and um, it'll look you into Ants Live and things like that. It'll, we're really uh, driving a lot of traffic to the site with Twitter. It's a great tool to get the word out. Um, and uh, we're really embracing that. And we really encourage you to sign up with Twitter. It's a free account. It's a dead simple sign up and, uh, and follow us. Our, our screen name on Twitter is Ants Marching. And it's a great way also to see pictures of Matt's dog. <laughs> We're all very interested in it. <laughs> Thank you, Jake. You're welcome. Um, next topic, Charlotte, speaking of the tour. Uh, well, let's get into the tour, Jake. What do you, what do you got for us here? Well, I, you know, the tour, I think, is going to tie into something we're going to talk about a little later, the album. 
um, you know, what are they going to play? What songs are we going to hear on tour? It's a, it's a short tour, generally speaking. It's what I would consider like an album promotion tour. So just, you know, people, you know it seems like every day there's a new thread about, hey, you think they're going to bring Blue Water back on this tour? No, they're not. Okay. They're, they're not going to bring up back something like that unless it makes the album. You know, it's another story in its entirety. The, what it's going to be is it's going to be a tour that's going to be heavy on the new songs. That's, you know, just natural of what it's going to be. What are these new songs? Well, we don't know exactly what they're going to be yet. But I think that's what we could look for every night. You know, it's not going to be this, you know, it's not going to be the same list every night because that's not what Dave Matthews Band does. But you're going to see a lot of similar songs. You're going to see a lot of similar patterns. So, you know, don't fret. They really, you know, they want to work these songs in, get people used to them, get used to the live feel of it. And don't forget that what this band does very well is change songs. And I know a lot of people are down on stand-up. All the stand-up songs, every one of them, has changed from when they got first released to now. And, you know, it's going to happen throughout the tour. So just because you hear a song... You know, at MSG, if they play that same song in SPAC later on in the year, it might sound different. That's just what they do. No better example than uh, You Might Die Trying, which we put in, um, I can't remember exactly what podcast we sampled that on three ago. Um, but people, I, I know for a fact that a lot more people were interested in buying that live tracks release because of that um, that version of You Might Die Trying that we previewed in that podcast. I mean, it's fantastic to what it's come from, you know, the point it was at the album release to where it is now is a completely different song live. Right. And I mean, Old Dirt Hill, which I know a lot of people don't like, I happen to like, but I'm weird like that. That's a song that's completely different from what it was even two years ago. When they're playing, I mean, completely different. And I think it's improved for the better. They still keep working on Louisiana Bayou. I wish they'd stop. They played that song to death, but that's another podcast. But, you know, they're, they're constantly trying to work on songs and even go all the way back. Like they took a typical situation and just kind of truncated it, played the jam and such. So it's something that they do. So expect changes from it just because you hear it on the album. Don't expect you're going to hear it just like that live. You know, Jake, speaking of the album, have you ever, have you ever seen a recording session that's been more tight lipped than what we're seeing here? You know, somebody asked me about that um, today in our, super secret ants plus area which i won't talk any further about and what i said was essentially yeah in a way because it's similar to the way that things went with stand-up the stand-up was pretty quiet and we knew they were working on new songs we knew the songs were a lot different we knew they were more you know music based but really nothing got out and then i think that goes all the way back to um busted stuff when after everything that happened with the Lily White sessions and then every day and, and everybody forgets that every day actually leaked out. Um, I think it leaked out a week before or maybe a little bit before the actual album got released. Um, you know, I think because of that leak and going in back into busted stuff, if I get back on pace again, um, you know, um, we leaked out some information back in the day about JTR and some other song going to be on there a couple weeks uh, before the album got released. And I think that's when they just said, okay, that's it, enough. No more info is getting out. This is just getting crazy. What do you and think about this? I mean, okay, stand-up, busted stuff. They had their um, websites to promote the new album. They had clips from the album with every day, too. Um, they had interviews, like those little studio kind of like walkthroughs. Um, you know, do you... Here we're, we're almost two months away from the album. 
there's nary a mention of a single, nary a mention of a website for the album. I mean, nothing. And they've had that website coming soon for, I don't know how many months. So, it might, here's my take on it. I think that the band has hyped up their last few releases, and they've overhyped them. Or at least the release has been underwhelming enough versus the hype. Where I think they've rethink, rethunk things. I think they're saying, you know what? Let's go quiet. Let's keep the hype low. Let's over-deliver. I really think that's what they're doing here. I don't necessarily disagree with that. Um, it's probably a good call on their part. On the other hand, I'll play devil's advocate. Think back to before the aborted Lily White sessions. The information about songs, about four or five songs, got out. Now, this is back before Ants was around. It was a, a website that was uh, called DMBML, which actually, Matt, I know you had some fun running that on the message boards for a while. Um, they actually got some information during the sessions about, hey, here's some four or five songs that are coming out, and this is basically what they sound like. So I don't think it's a bad idea for them to throw out some stuff because I think it just kind of builds up a little hype about it. But, you know, you don't want to overplay your hand like you were saying. No, I think I think you want to give those little bits of information out there. Otherwise, people fall asleep and they start looking elsewhere for entertainment. So, uh, we, we we got a video back back when they were just in pre-production back in you know Seattle or wherever. Um, then it's been nothing since then. So I think it would be good if they, if they started doing that. Maybe they have something uh, in line for for the months before before the uh, the album release. But I think nowadays I think they have uh, everyone anyone that has anything to do with the process or even has a chance of knowing any information has to sign a contract, a non-disclosure type of contract, or penalties if they do. I wouldn't doubt it. I mean, there's there's a there's a price to pay, I think, for being too quiet. Because then what you do is you force people to come up with their own speculation, and then you get people who jump on just their 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 purpose is to stir the pot. They spread a rumor that's completely false, and it gains some. And then when that doesn't turn out to be true, there's disappointment and this and that. So I think. Some level of information, regardless of how secret you want it to be, is good just to, I don't know, you know, keep things tame at least within the community. Absolutely, because it's just what you said. Now people are. What's the number one question we hear every single day? What song's going to be on the album? Is Cornbread going to make it? Is Shotgun going to make it? Is this song going to make it? Going to be all new? That's something that has people wondering. And then you look back on the history of this band in studio, and you know, let's be honest you know they're not Beatles you know they're not in the studio for nine months out of the year that's not their thing they don't like it as far as anyone can tell the outside so they you know they tried this in 2006 2007 and basically nothing produced from it and you know look back in 2004 when stand-up came out that that was a studio session that was essentially aborted so you know that's I think that's just adding to the fear and the trepidation of the fans out there and, and you know People are saying out loud on, on the boards, are they really going to release an album on April 14th? I don't know. That's what they said they're going to do. Yeah, yeah and, and I think the band knows that date either. They're just concerned about producing the music, and when it's done, it's done. I don't think anyone's really said that you got told anybody you have a deadline. So um, I think everyone's hoping it'll be done by then, uh, but I don't think uh, it's been communicated. And incidentally, I'm almost positive about this, and I'm sure someone will correct me, but I'm pretty sure that uh, bus stuff got pushed back at least two weeks. I think it was supposed to be out uh, July 5th, which was the opening day of the second part of the tour, the second summer tour in 2002, which actually opened in West Palm Beach. Um, I'm pretty sure it was supposed to be out for then. It didn't get released until July 16th. 
Yeah, I vaguely remember that because I remember that it was the, the mid-tour break and everyone thought they were going to be, you know, hyping the album, doing interviews, being on TV, doing all that kind of thing. And that was early in the year and then yeah, stuff got, got pushed back, I remember. Yeah, and then they didn't even debut Captain and Kit Kat Jam until, and I think they brought back Big Eyed Fish until after uh, the album got released. So those of us that sat in 97 degree weather on July 6, 2002, got to hear Stupid Fool to Think and So Right and all that other bull crap that I sit there and listen to all damn night. I'm not better. I'm okay with it. It's fine. It's just no problem. I'm all right. It's cool. <laughs> well, um, I mean, I, I think we can all agree that we're excited for this tour. When's, Jake, when's the last time a tour has coincided, you know, a tour opener has coincided with an album release? Oh, boy, oh, boy, oh, boy. I mean, we, well, you've got, you've got, when, when did these credits come out? Um, May, I believe, right? Yeah, they had an album release party or concert, and I think, aside from maybe, I think there was maybe one back in the day at Tracks, they had an album release party, I can't remember, but aside from that one, I think, well, uh, well, the one, the one down to- Before these crowded streets came out in, um, Around the same point, April, like the like fourteen, something like that, I think. Oh um, yeah, that's right. They did. They had that. They had that release party. You're right. And then, end up was at uh, I think it was at Roseland. That was yep. the one that was webcast, yep. where the all the fans sang the uh, "Keep Falling in Love" outro, which now everybody does at all the shows on Stone. Um, so yeah, I guess they've done it a couple times, but I, I think stand up that tour was actually a little later. That was just a party by itself. So yep. I guess really yep. you'd have to go back to 1990 then for before these crowded streets. And that was um, was I'm trying to think, was that a concert or was it like an MTV kickoff? Something tells me it had something to do with MTV. No, no, that that was before these crowded streets. The stadium tour um, was at Foxborough, and they showed the first four songs or so live on VH1. That was something different. That was just the kickoff of their uh, stadium tour. Here you go. Here you go. I got it. Uh, Saturday, the 18th of April, 98, at Victory Stadium in Roanoke, Virginia. Um, this, uh, let's see, yeah, I mean, you've got the first live pig, uh, no, not Don't Burn the Pig, but Pig, as in the album, uh, the first live Don't Drink the Water, uh, first live Pantanagapampa, first live Rapunzel, first live Stay, first live Stone, first live The Last Stop. So that was the kickoff right there, um, part of the spring 1998 tour, I mean, you look at the breakdown. You got forty-seven percent of the songs are from out before these credit streets. So well, there, there you go. There's your answer to what you're going to expect here every night. Half the songs are probably going to be, or maybe a little bit less than half the songs are going to be from um, from this new album. That's the way it's going to be, most likely. That's a very good indicator, right there. Go back ten years or eleven years now. Jeez. But but who knows? I mean, we could be looking at you know four or five of those songs being quote unquote new to John and on the streets, but to you know a more uh, well versed fan, that could be you know Cornbread, Shotgun. They could be counted as new, but we all know them. I, and, I, and I think that's what it's going to be. I mean, really, I don't know what's going to be on there, but that's what my opinion would be is just because you know they think it's. We don't think it's new. It might be new to them. I mean, you can go back all the way to 1994, and you can hear Dave saying, here's the newest tune we have. It's called Say Goodbye. Well, he wrote it in, like, October of 93 for that version, and he was still calling it new in September of 94. Right. So new is a relative term. And, uh, around well, real albums, uh, concerts, uh, what about back in 01 when Dave did all those solo radio shows and we got plenty of little outtakes or plenty of little acoustic songs on the radio? That was... Kind of an interesting time where he would travel travel the the U.S. hitting radio stations playing uh, acoustic songs. 
Yeah, you know, I gotta wonder if he's actually gonna be doing that this time. Hi, guys. The kids stop by to say hi. Ah, nice. A little shout out from uh, from the from the little Jakes. Yeah, you want to say hi, Reese? Hi. Hi. All right, you guys can go now. Here, take this to mommy too. There you go. It's just a little gun. Don't worry about it. <laughs> it's not loaded. No, no, no. That would be crazy. <laughs> so, so uh, you know, everyone's wondering what songs are going to be on there. And we got a poll on our front page. Uh, you know, what what do you want to see on the album? And the, the poll is pretty darn split. I mean, 37% want to see a handful of live. 33% want to see all new, no no live songs. And 27% want to hear um, just one live song. So it'll be interesting here. I know uh, Dave's Twitter, uh, someone posted how the album coming and Dave said, you know, I hope you like it. And the person said, you know, can I can I get some cornbread? You know, just as a response. Um, and Dave just responded, yes. So I don't know. Does that mean cornbread's going to win it? Or is it playing with people's heads? We'll have to see. I got to say that this Dave Twitter thing is one of the most bizarre developments in terms of the band's community. I, it just, can you ever imagine Dave tweeting like he has been? I mean, it, it blows my mind just to imagine how seemingly in an interview how anti you know, technology he has been in terms of the computer and this and that. And now he's on there reading people from his iPhone. I mean, it's such a swing in extremes. It's seriously, it's like if the Unabomber got like text messaging, it's the strangest thing. I, <laughs> but he's doing it and he's, and he's answering people's questions and he's, he's being honest with them. And then, you know, more power to him. Glad he's doing that. And the fans certainly appreciate it. And, you know, going back to what you were saying about cornbread, well, does that mean it's going to be on there? You know, who knows? It, it, it would seem if he said it would be on there, but I mean, are they even to that point where they've made the decision of what song's going to be on there and what song's not going to be on there? I, I don't know. It seems that that would be far away still. Well, um, one of the things on that Ustream show that I was mentioning is somebody asked me about um, the new album and whether or not I think the vinyl will be released on vinyl. Um, I just I just wanted to address that in terms of the releases. I'm guessing, I mean, if they're going to go back and re-release their you know existing albums on vinyl, I think moving forward they take the path of like a Coldplay and just you know they're going to they're you know there's a lot of work going into you know going back to the archives and getting all the master cuts and laying it down onto vinyl. So I'm guessing you know striking while the iron's hot while everything's in the same location they're going to be releasing the album on vinyl as well. Um, we haven't gotten a confirmation on that, but we can work on, on sourcing something and, and trying to get something more solid there. But, uh, you know, as far as speculation goes, I would assume, I would expect it to be in vinyl. It's a format that is coming back as a physical format as, um, you know, CDs are kind of, as a physical format, not ideal, sound quality or otherwise. Whereas, um, you know, when it comes to really holding the music in your hands, nothing beats vinyl and, and the liner notes and the dual fold, you know, booklets and things like that. And there was some, uh, something on the uh, the 24 section, former non-DMB content part of the message boards, where somebody mentioned that uh, the vinyl sales last year in 2008 were like 10 times higher than they've been in like the last two years or something crazy like that. It is so coming back. Yeah, vinyl's making a big comeback. So and, so would you rather have them release it in vinyl or get a kind of bonus CD with uh, B-sides? So you're talking exclusives one or the other? It's one or the other. You can't have everything. <sighs> and this is assuming that those B-sides would never leak. Right, yeah, right. The B-sides won't leak. Boy, that's dicey. I mean... I'll take the B-side. Yeah. I-, I will take the B-side. As much as I'd love to, you know, be that You guy. want the vinyl. I know you want the vinyl. That's why I asked you. I do want the vinyl, but, I mean, B-sides are B-sides. New music from the band. Um, B-sides, yeah. B-sides on a vinyl. 
Oh, well, I mean, if you're going to have your cake and eat it, oh, yeah, of course. I don't know if anybody out there listening um, has vinyl, you know, just the vinyl thing. But, I, I, you know, it's nice um, when pretty much any bit of music is at your fingertips via iTunes or whatever. Um, and it all seems to have certain restrictions. If you have a, a, a turntable and you, you lay that vinyl down on it, it there's a just there's another level of enjoying the music. And I don't think that'll ever escape. And that's what I think... You know that's why I think vinyl's making a comeback. It's and Joe M. You have a you have a for these crowded streets that you would not sell me for when I was looking for a copy of it, right? Yeah, I was, I was a little bit of a bastard to you. A little bit, well, was little, you know. I mean, I, I I bought that thing, gosh, so long ago, back in the day, man. Time, album release time, and um, I found it thirty bucks sealed <laughs> from a from a record store. This is back when they started coming out, and uh, it has since lived in a place. So uh, I need in a closet. Uh, so I need to kind of get it uh, framed up and displayed, but I have not listened to it and I have not opened it. So, but and I didn't want to sell it, and it's uh, I don't know. I think eventually they're going to eventually go down in price, maybe, or people will get less interested. But uh, to me, I didn't want to sell it. It means more to me just to have. I disagree with you there. I think one, um, they they will release you know another uh, pressing of that album, but if anything, that's going to make the value of your original pressing go up. They only made a thousand of them, so I mean that's that number's there forever. Um, and I'm what well, you fetched it for thirty bucks. Those things are going for at least ten times that on eBay now. Uh, an original sealed, you know, out of the thousand that were, how many of them are, have never been opened? I mean, the number is even smaller. So the value of that is, is especially in our community. I mean, it's just a treasure. You know, that's sort of like in a different way though. It's sort of like the the under the table and dreaming. It's you can tell when you bought your under the table and dreaming album by the color of it because one's has black background, the other is a purple background. And also, um, song number 34 is actually track 34 on the original cut, whereas the new cut, it's just the, the last track. I don't know what it is, 13 or 14. What uh, what color is the original pressing? I knew you were going to say that. Like, <laughs> this isn't in front of me. I think, I think it's, it's black. Purple. Oh. I, ooh, that's, that's going to definitely get emails. Well, here's uh, the thing. I think I have a black one, and I think 34 is the 34th track. Then it would be black would be the original color. Why would they change that? To create confusion, obviously. <laughs> Within Jake, because he doesn't know the answer. <laughs> exactly, it worked. <laughs> well, um, what was going on? Oh, Live Tracks fourteen was uh, was also announced. And and clearly, there's one reason and one reason only why it's done because it is Leroy's. Oh, lose Jake. Leroy Moore's last show. Um, it doesn't matter what they played that night either. It's just that's a special show, a special thing. And even part of me thinks that you know maybe they didn't even need to release it as a live track. It should have been more than that, but that's fine. It doesn't that doesn't even matter. It's it's a, you know it's a good show. It's a good show anyway. But just it's very special because of that. And they're doing a lot of nice things also uh, charity wise with that. They're going to donate some of the proceeds uh, to some local Charlottesville uh, charities for that. So that's a very special show. Yeah, well, let's, now, I, go ahead, Joe. I like I liked that they said that this uh, and a continuing kind of thing is going to be more to come, more more special things to honor Leroy. So I think that I'm looking forward to that. Also, this album's got a great starter to it. I think is the first thing that's come out, um, and then I like to see what else comes too. Absolutely, and I mean, Jake, you even mentioned that you know it's not musically or you know set list wise, energy, what have you, the best show of of the 2008 tour. But I think it's a completely typical release for sure. Exactly. I don't think anyone's going to complain about it, although I'm sure somebody's already complained about it. But, 
but you know it doesn't matter it's it's you know it's a special show it's the last time he was there last time he played last he ever played was actually a cover song which is kind of strange um but it's just it's something that needed to be released and i think that's a nice fitting um tribute to him and i think that um like you were saying there's going to be more down the road and i think going to be some great stuff down the road for him but uh there'll be more what do you- on that what do you think about the spring tour? Are we they're going to be any kind of tribute to him, a video, or are they going to say anything, or what's your thoughts? Well, I think the general thought is that something's going to happen in Charlottesville. I think there's, you know, that's just what everybody's assuming, and I'm sure they've got some things planned. They're keeping a little mum on it now, but I would guess that somehow, some way, there's going to be something there that's going to be quite special uh, as a tribute to Leroy. Well, it says um, the release date on the live tracks is March 24th, um, which is, uh, you know, about a month and a half away. And proceeds from the sales will be donated by Dave Matthews Band in Leroy's memory to the Charlotte's Music Resource Center and the Boys and Girls Club of Charlottesville, uh, Albemarle, or how do, you, is that how do you say that? Albemarle, along other charitable organizations which reflect Leroy's spirit and passions. And I think can, it's Albemarle, right? Okay, that would probably be right. better than what it came out with. But um, you can pre-order the album on the band's website until um, March 20th. So it, it's nice. I mean, the artwork for the uh, for the release is beautiful. It obviously features Roy. Um, it's it's just good to see how the band is co- or the community and the band has come together um, in honoring him. And and you're right. I don't I don't know if it's right for people to expect something in Charlottesville because then you've got you know expectations always you know proceed downs things like that. But um, it wouldn't surprise me at all to see the band do something in in Roy's hometown. So it's it's going to be special, hopefully. Either way, I mean, it'll be a nice remembrance. Right, and, and you know, that's typical for, I think, all of us. is Every time we see a show, we go, oh my God, this show's going to be the greatest because it's in Charlottesville. <laughs> it's at the Gore. It's the last show of the year. Yay! That means they're going to play Halloween twice, last stop, and, you know, tease Jimi Hendrix's corpse or something. It's That's just the way it always goes. And I think that's... Everyone needs to chill out a little bit with their expectations, although... Even I said Charlottesville's going to be something special. Jake, have I ever talked about the worst show ever in uh, the Winter Tour 2000 tour? I mean, I might have told you about it, but I've never said anything on the cast. I, I know you've told me about it, and I just meant my worst show ever, so go ahead and tell us about your worst show ever. Um, talk about expectations. It was 2002 or Winter Tour, <clears throat> and uh, they had just done MSG with James Brown, and they had one show left at the MCI Center in D.C., it was the last show. It was the one right after James Brown came out. We said, Jesus, you know, they're, my cousin and I, we, we got, I don't know how we get tickets, whether they're instant tickets or we just called tickets. I can't remember exactly the specifics, but we're from central New York. So D.C. is about an eight-hour drive. Uh, maybe not that much, but, you know, seven hours or so. So we got tickets. And we said, you know what? Let's go check this out. They're going to come out with last stop. They're going to do this. Who knows? be wild, though. How can they top James Brown? And, and no offense to the band, but um, from my cousin Brian and I, uh, in terms of you know the level of fans that we are and our expectations, the band mailed it in. We drove down that day, got there. The full song was coming up. We were expecting something big. They played Two Step. Never been more disappointed to hear Two Step in my life. So at the point of them starting to play Two Step, we left our seats. We got out of there. And as we're like jogging to our car, the band's tour bus is pulling out of the venue. They still beat us out of there. And we left when they started playing the final song. So if that was any indication how tired they were at the end of that tour, but we had a seven seven hour drive home after that show. We didn't get home till like seven or eight in the morning. It was uh, it was not a great experience. But so that's what expectations could do for you. I mean, 
If we just went in there, no big deal, it's an hour to drive, you know, didn't expect anything, it would have been a great show. But since we had such high expectations, it was miserable. And incidentally, um, don't forget, in case you did, which I'm sure all of you did, throughout that December tour, they were doing little teases along the way of Halloween, they were teasing Dreaming Tree, Last Stop, the night before with James Brown, not only did you get James Brown doing Sex Machine, you get Halloween, the only full Halloween they played the entire tour. They did some truncated versions of it. They did a slow version of it twice. And that, yeah. And then the final show, the big show to end it all, the show that where the DMB set the record for playing in front of the most people in one calendar year, they toured from April to December. They said, you know what? We're out of here. This is ridiculous. Yeah, so, so it was a little bit of a letdown. Yeah. But that was that was a big tour for them. They started in April, and then they went all the way to December, and they had a couple breaks in between. It's a, I think it's still the world record for the most fans played in front of by one band or group or singer. Yikes. That entire year. Yeah. Big year. Not at all. I'm really for another um, big tour this year. And in the last podcast, I had speculated that um, they'd be going on a European tour, uh, you know, after the spring tour is completed, which... Seems to make sense because why? You know, why have a short spring tour after an album and then you know nothing announced after that? But with the rumored dates we're hearing about, um, you know, some of the summer dates and then that the Ten Thousand Lakes Festival, it's like they're staying in the states. Yeah, I don't think they're going to go Europe or um, South America um, until maybe like fall. That's just my feeling, and and from what I heard last year after South America, which they all loved, they went away, went along swimmingly. They were really good shows. Um, they were thinking about going back in two years, but I think things are changing, and I think you're going to hear some more rumblings along the lines of going back to Brazil and Argentina because they really played great down there, had a good time, and the fans really took to them. They're, they're getting a, a rather large following um, in, um, in South America, thanks in large part also to our friends over at DMB Brazil, who we know very well. Rodrigo, for sure. Yes. So what do you think, Joe? You sleep yet over there? Oh, no. <laughs> During my worst show, and it had nothing to do with the band. It had to do the fact that I um, I was drinking beer and I didn't want to pee because I was, I was enjoying the show too much. And I seriously had to pee like three songs in. And uh, and I waited all the way until after the encore. And I think I got oh. permanent, permanent damage from it. Oh, which, my God. Which is why you now wear a diaper to every single show. I was wondering about that. Yeah. Well, hey, it makes sense. I'm never gonna miss. Uh, never gonna miss anything. You know, my pants may be a little wet. I'm still never, seeing every sign. You're certainly never gonna miss the feeling of your own urine against yourself. But hey, you're telling me you couldn't. There wasn't a song in there. What show was this? What was the date? You know what? I, so here's my attitude when I go to shows. I don't care if it's I did it, if it's Fool Think, if it's any other song anybody hates. I sit there, I dance, and I don't care what anybody else thinks. So um, even if I have pee, as much as I got pee and crash into me comes on, I still have to stand out there and dance to it. What show was it? Give me the date, please. <laughs> it was a Cincinnati show. Uh, I gotta remember the year, so I'll, I'll find it for you. I'll bring it up here. Just give me a minute. Just keep going. Because we'll tell you exactly how many times I would have used the bathroom during that show. Well, <laughs> and, and speaking of that, um, what Spack Night Two this year, which was such a major thing. Uh, this summer. Year, by the way. Yeah, I, uh, I was down in the lounge during a Jimmy thing where everybody was saying to it. Um, Jimmy thing and me don't get along for whatever reason. And everyone's, oh, you missed that? And I said, hell yeah, I missed that. Well, that's because you've heard it, you know, 561 times. And 562, actually. 562. And, and that, you know, that happens. Songs like that. I, I can't believe how many times I've heard too much. It just, it stuns me. I still like too much. I like too much live. That's a song I like live better than I ever liked the um, album version. Well, I mean, I can think a five-minute song 
a hundred times better than I can take a 17 minute song a hundred times. You know what I mean? And that's the thing about Jimmy is that if we go again, I might as well take a break. And it's the thing against the song and a lot of people love it. It's a good song. It's just not for me right now. See, but I could, I could hear seek up every show. Oh yes. Oh yes. In a row. That wouldn't, that would never get old with me. And, so I found my show uh, August 1st, 2006, I believe it was. It opened with Seek Up. I have like some uncanny uh, uh, number of Seek Up openers, like ridiculous. Like, I have a high opener of Seek Up. I don't know why. But um, yeah, I think you would have plenty of opportunity to, uh, to go to the bathroom in this. Let's see. Go. I, I got I'm, it up here. I'm peeing at American Baby. I'm already in the bathroom on that. <laughs> which is um, which is the rarest song from the show, according to Ants. So. <laughs> and and when, the second he said, where are you going? I'd say, Chester, be right back. Um, can't I'm stop. Go, I can. I can be done that. I'm gonna go for can't stop. Also, I'm gonna go again just in case I miss something. Oh, um, you got a single song core? Oh man, that's cool. Ooh, and every day, ouch. Oh man, I would be in the car. I sat there and I sang, and then I I waddled. I seriously waddled to the bathroom, which felt like took forever because I thought I was just gonna explode. And, and do you read the show notes on that? From a technical sense, this is one of the poorest shows of the year. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't read that. And, and damaged yourself for the rest of your life for all that. I say, uh, Jake, I think you update the uh, the Tour Central notes for that show and just include that the Joe almost pissed pants at that show. <laughs> Joe did not pee. <laughs> <laughs> he stood there despite his molars were floating. <laughs> Well, uh, Joe or Jake, you guys have anything to add? I think we've uh, hit everything, actually. Uh, I'm excited about this tour, about this album. I think it's going to be a great year. I'm excited for 09. Um, we're talking about Seaville and how there's always a lot of hype, but I think regardless of the shows, I think there's going to be some fun there, too, on the end. Um, so, so. Yeah, you know, we don't even mention that, but I think we can, we can go ahead and say at least, you know, more details to come, but we are without a doubt going to be doing a party there. And it's going to be one night. It's probably going to be Friday night. Correct. That's going to one night, Friday night, uh, and details to come. Tune in yeah. for that. For Very sure. exciting. I'm hoping our next podcast focuses on that, um, and it won't be too long before we can do that. And we're trying to get some really, really special, special stuff for that. So I think yes. uh, you know, if you're going to be there and you stop by for the party, I think you're going to be really happy with what we have planned. For sure. Well, is that it, guys? You got anything else? That'll do it for me. Uh, right. you can get, Matt, you can get back to your webcam. I can get back on the old webcam. Uh, perform. Yeah. Um, also, on Ant's version 3, more thing I wanted to say, show lists are back. So, you know, I have, I want this show, this and that. Um, they're back. So we've updated them for the version 3, and you should be able to check those out. I know some people are asking. Um, check us out. Uh, email us, passatansmarching.org. Check out the version of the site. Check us out on Twitter. Um, Joe's got some stuff cooking on some other still networking sites that we'll be ready to talk about whenever he wants. Um, and once again, ladies, we're sorry Joe was taken, but he still uh, takes phone numbers for sure. So it's Joe at AntsMarching.org. This is email. He will be signing autographs in Seaville with a shirt on. <laughs> <laughs> for sure. All right, guys. Um, it's good to, to have everybody in here. This was a lot of fun for me. I don't know about you guys, but it was fun for me. At least the part where I talked to Jake. Not you, Joe. Sorry. Yeah, at least you had fun. Well, you know, that's what I, that's what I do. And I'm, I'm an online uh, performer. Okay. Well, I want to say thanks to everybody for listening, and we'll hopefully we'll get to talk to you guys soon. Cool. Until next time. Later, guys.
Thanks for listening to the AntsMarching.org podcast. Visit AntsMarching.org and be part of the largest DM community on the internet. Show downloads, tour central, personal show stats and set list game, and so much more. AntsMarching.org, the best stop for all things DMB.